0: Hey, it's Jeremy, and I just want to take a quick minute to thank everybody who's checked this out at sodasoccer.com, S-O-T-A-Soccer.com, and who has supported us and contributed to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sodasoccer. We're trying to bring the Minnesota soccer community unmatched, unprecedented, dedicated, unique coverage of Minnesota soccer that you're not going to get anywhere else with written pieces, podcasts, and bonus content available to our Patreon subscribers over at patreon.com slash sodasoccer. So if you haven't sampled our written content yet, Make sure you check that out at SodaSoccer.com. And again, if you want to go that extra mile and directly support what we do, every content creator that's on the Soda Soccer team is paid for their work. So if you want to help support that and contribute to that, just go to Patreon.com slash soccer. You can contribute for as low as $3 a month. Big thanks to everybody who is supporting not only the podcast here, but SodaSoccer.com as well. Now to the episode. What is up and welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. It is episode 126 of 10,000 Pitches. Hard to believe it's been 126 episodes, but here we are. Um, Big thanks to everyone uh, who is helping support the show, Pence Home, Stimulus Athletic, and of course, we're presented by SodaSoccer.com, your home for soccer coverage in the North. If you have not been to SodaSoccer.com and you are a fan of Minnesota soccer, I do not know let me try that again. I do not know what you are doing with your life because there's a lot of great content, not only on Minnesota United, but the stars from Minnesota. Latest news, obviously, on Caden Clark and um, you know a lot of other news where Minnesotans are joining clubs for 2023. Macuelli um, Akale staying with South Georgia Tormenta for 2023 as well. So um, all the news, all the latest news, updates, opinion, analysis on everything going on in the world of Minnesota soccer from Minnesota United all the way down to the lower league scene. You can check that out at sodasoccer.com. And this 10,000 Pitches podcast is kind of where we round it all up in a nice little one-hour audio bow for you each and every week. So if you're not subscribed to the podcast feed, please do that. had a really good interview earlier this week that's up on the podcast feed with John Schuster. You may know him as uh, part of Team Schuster, who were the first ever – u.s olympic curling gold medalist back in 2018 um he is now of course the new owner of duluth fc co-owner with alex giuliani i should say and uh just had a really good 15 20 minute chat with john about how he got involved with the club and kind of what his plans are and what he and alex's plans are for the club uh moving forward now that they're at the helm so if you want to check that out that is at the soda soccer podcast feed and on our youtube channel as well. So look us up on YouTube or just look elsewhere in the podcast feed and you'll find that audio. And that's a big reason why subscribing is important too, because we kind of drop those up interviews whenever we do them. It's not really a consistent day, consistent timing, consistent cadence, kind of whatever day we're able to do those interviews kind of at the subject's convenience. uh, We kind of get those up shortly after. So um, it's up right now, sodasoccer.com and of course our podcast feed and YouTube channel as well. This, of course, 10,000 Pitches, my co-host, Dominic Jose Bosonio. Dom, after all of that, how are you today? Uh, I, I'm very good. Yeah, Looking forward to There's
1: a lot of... Today's actually a very busy day for me, sporting-wise, because obviously recording today, there's a lot of talk about today. Um, and then I've got all kinds of other stuff. There's like three different serious major sporting events in Venez- Venezuelan sport right now. Oh. Today, the U-20 team play, uh a game in the in the South American U20 championship that more or less will decide whether or not they go to the world the U20 World Cup. Um Zamora are uh playing the first round of uh, Copa Libertadores qualification today and then um which is a Venezuelan team obviously. And then um, Leones del Caracas are uh in the semifinals for the Caribbean Series, which is a, a basically an international baseball competition. It's a very big deal in Latin America. Um and that's being held in in Caracas. So it's a big deal. They've been selling, uh, 30,000 plus tickets to every game, every, uh, Leonis game. So, uh, it's been a, been a, a fun thing to chat there, but anyways, lots going on looking forward to, we got like a full docket today, of uh, almost every sort of ca- subcategory that we
0: cover. So looking forward to, uh, to jumping into that. Yeah, it is. It is a big docket. Also a big week for if you're a Minnesota sports fan in general outside of Minnesota United. I mean, the Vikings sent a new defensive coordinator in Brian Flores. D'Angelo Russell traded at the deadline to the Lakers who saw that coming. Um, So yeah, a lot of a lot happening in the world of Minnesota sports and in the world of soccer in general, but also specifically combining those two in the world of Minnesota soccer. So let's jump right into it. And this week, we're kicking off as we usually do with Minnesota United. Now, a little programming note. Uh, this week's episode of 10K Stoppage Time is about kind of what Minnesota United's lineup could look like in 2023 without Emmanuel Reynoso. A lot of talk about that as this hypothetical situation of Ray not being available this season is looking less and less hypothetical by the day. Um so now it's I think it's time to start of sort of go down that rabbit hole a little bit and start to analyze what that looks like for 2023 if Minnesota United are indeed without Emanuel Reynoso whether it's a short short term thing long term thing season long who knows uh but we're going to kind of break all that down on 10k stoppage time but that's also where we're kicking off 10,000 pitches here this week as well Reynoso still ha- obviously has not arrived with the club for preseason. Robin Lud has been playing the number 10 during preseason, confirmed by Adrian Heath, and will likely continue to do so in California. Um, Heath also confirmed the team has begun, you know, looking at those contingency plans that we talked a little bit about last week in potential di- different formations or, or how they can structure their squad without Ray for 2023. But uh, another week, Dom, and I think even more uncertainty, I think the more we learned this week was that, a lot of things are uncertain for the Minnesota United players and coaching staff regarding Reynoso's status as well. So the more we learned is, is about what we don't know, (laughs) if that makes any sense regarding Reynoso's status for 2023, just a saga that keeps on continuing. Yeah. What we learned was that
1: everyone else knows about as much as we do about (laughs) about the situation. Um, Yeah. You know, there, there were some, some updates that came out from well, from us and, and from jacob and other reporters as well kind of about different uh personnel the team kind of um talking about this topic and um yeah unfortunately it's sort of just clarified that no one's quite sure what the situation yeah. is uh which is maybe more concerning uh than before when it was more just us thinking that perhaps the club wasn't telling us things or that sort of thing um you know, I mean, I guess all the sort of hypotheticals and so on that, that we've talked about before, I guess, sort of just remain on the table as they are. But it, it is concerning to know that, well, let me start on the more positive note. It was some of the the comments that were made were positive in the sense that they implied that there is the expectation that he is coming back
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: this prolonged issue is more just a matter of dealing with things rather than, say, trying to get himself move to another team or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess that's a positive. But the fact that it all kind of remains in mystery and shadow is, is, is concerning. And the fact that it really doesn't seem like there's any clear deadline to when he's supposed to come back is uh, truly uh, confusing. (laughs) Um, Not very often that you see a, you know, professional athlete um, in that, space uh where the team doesn't have a sense of when they can expect that person to be back at their job so mm-hmm. um during preseason nonetheless uh so yeah it, it, it's a bit confusing still it's unclear what exactly is the the issue i mean obviously there are um things that we know about you know issues that Manuel Reynoso has had in the past legal issues and so on and so forth that we can imagine are are relevant to this, but at the same time, the the specifics of what that all might mean for right now, him being in Argentina are quite unclear. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, it, it really just remains a big question mark over over this entire day.
0: Yeah, it's the one thing that kind of makes soccer unique to other sports is so many of these players are located internationally abroad right. and go back abroad during the off season. And so trying to get information on 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 what they're doing, why they might not be in the States yet, is it immigration paperwork? Is it something else? You know, getting, getting all that information and, and that communication, um, is so much more difficult when you have guys scattered across the globe, as opposed to a lot of other sports where a lot of those guys are located, you know, domestically here. So it's a little right. bit easier, but, um, yeah, this, this saga continues and we heard personal problems was the, you know, personal issues was the, uh, was the quote used this week. And I think that's the first time we've actually had some sort of, um, i guess official categorization of what's uh you know keeping Ray away so to speak and um Andy Grader among others reporting that and and based off Heath's quote it sounds like the legal issue is not what's keeping him um in uh, in Argentina as well so don't know what those personal issues are hopefully he can get those resolved and get back with the team but you know day by day it looks more and more like at least for that february 25th opener and maybe even longer uh, this Minnesota United team will be without Amando Reynoso. And again, we'll go through kind of what that lineup situation looks like without Ray in the lineup, what are their options, who goes where um, on this week's 10K stoppage time. So make sure you're following us at patreon.com slash SodaSoccer, subscribing, and getting that bonus content there. Piece of good news, though, Dom, this week. Uh, you know, we we were hoping to get, I think, get multiple arrivals this week. We got one out of two. Uh, Miguel Tapias. Has officially arrived and signed, sealed, and delivered. He's available right away, pending physicals and whatnot Uh, for Minnesota United. The Mexican center back signed a three year contract through 2025 with a club option for 2026. And uh, interesting notes and kind of, I guess, solidifies kind of what we were thinking in terms of where Adrian Heat sees Tapias fitting in right away. He was almost immediately paired up with Michael Boxall during a Tuesday scrimmage in training. So that's kind of, I think that shows you where he sees Tapias fitting in. I think it confirms our assumptions uh as well um just you just your overall thoughts on getting this topiest thing officially over the line and officially over the line for now as opposed to the summer
1: yeah i mean like we talked about before when this was not uh clear how it would be resolved uh getting this done in time for the full season uh to me is a huge huge grab i mean um Th- this is a this is a, a you know a really quality player that was a very up and coming player at a playing at a very good level at a at a strong club in Petruccia so that has a, a a good reputation of producing talent, um, a team that by the way Minnesota has actually played in friendlies and transferred players too, yeah. uh, but um, so you know I, I I think this is a huge grab I think this is a, a uh, some uh, some applause is is due to the 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 staff mm-hmm. at the club for getting this done, getting this over the line and getting a talented center back, younger center back uh, into camp, it, not just before the season starts, but in time, actually get a little bit of preseason, yeah. a little bit of time with Michael Box a little bit of time with the DJ Taylors and the Tamar Lawrences and the Will Traps of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that to me is uh, not, not in a negative sense, but it's a huge steal. I mean, yeah. that that is, that is a, a fantastic accomplishment on their part from a, from a transfer market perspective. So uh, obviously there's a whole new process now in front of the team to get him acclimated to this team acclimated to this league acclimated to living in Minnesota, but uh, well, and I guess he gets to start in California, but, uh, yeah. but you know, life in Minnesota. And uh, so, you know, that that's the process ahead of them now, but uh, getting the actual deal over the line at this time point, I think is a, is a huge steal by the team. I think it's a huge accomplishment.
0: Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And he actually, uh, Tapia has confirmed that, you know, it's been kind of three years now since that friendly against Pachuca at Allianz Field in 2019 that Adrian Heath and Minnesota United and Mark Watson and co. have been looking at him and sort of pursuing him and having conversations with him and his agent. So, um, you know, it's a long time coming to get this over the line. There was a lot up in the air about when it would be done. I think the if was pretty, um, pretty solidified you know two weeks ago I would say but the big question was the win and they got him in now which is which is absolutely enormous and we'll we'll expand on this during stoppage time as well but you know everything we talked about last week Dom everything seems to tie back to the Reynoso situation um does this addition of Tapias now with five center backs on the roster allow Minnesota United to finally have that center back depth to you know actually give that three back or five back or whatever you want to call it like a like a firm try, like a real try. Um, because you know, then you have Kamar Lawrence and Alan Benitez. Benitez is a natural wing back there. Um, Lawrence is a crossing machine off the left. Um, you know, without Reynoso, it may, it may be that the addition of Tapias actually allows Minnesota to to utilize that specific formation, that specific type of formation. And it could sort of um hide a lot of the negatives that come with not having Reynoso in the lineup. Too, we'll be interesting to seeing how they do it again. This is purely speculation and purely, you know, kind of just my personal opinion on how things could go. But I do think it's their best chance to actually give it a firm try.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, you know, I, I think, and I don't mean this as a. I know I've said a, a negative thing or two in the past about it but I, I mean this actually more as a positive than anything else. Uh, Adrian Heath knows what he likes when it comes to formation and tactics. And that's actually a good thing. I mean, well, even if you disagree with that coach's opinion, it's good for a coach to have a, a real sense of what he likes to do on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, with that in mind, to your point, it is interesting to think about. Well, you have some interesting situations with your roster some some good ones and maybe some bad ones. Do you maybe even just in preseason at the very least, do you try and spearmint a little bit and see if you can sort of rely more on the strengths you've gained so that you can kind of ignore the <laughs> strengths you've lost. Um, you know, we saw moments of of configuration and 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 modification last year um in in, in real game time, not necessarily huge amounts of it. Um, and I think at the end of the day, usually it sort of returned to the mean of what Adrian Heath usually wanted to do with the team. But um yeah, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see what what they try because like you said, you now have quite a bit of depth at the center back position with Tapias, yes, but also you have some younger guys coming in. Yep. Uh, and of course you have a, a couple different options out wide, including someone like Alan Benitez who clearly, <laughs> who clearly prefers to go forward. Yeah. Uh, so you know, yeah, it, it's probably worth at the very least in preseason. I imagine it's worth at least experimenting with to some
0: degree, yep. whether or not we actually ever see it on like an official broadcast. Correct. All right. That is kind of it for the uh, tactical portion of the Minnesota United discussion. Um, we've kind of mentioned California a couple times here. Uh, team leaves today as we're recording on Thursday to the Coachella Valley Invitational in Palm Springs. Loons will play three games out there over the course of a week. It's Saturday, February 11th against the New York Red Bulls, Wednesday, uh, February 15th against San Jose. And then they take on Vancouver to wrap up the tournament on Saturday, February 18th. And that's of course just seven days from their official MLS season opener. Um, one, the games will not be streamed, which sucks. That absolutely sucks that we have not been able to watch a single Minnesota United preseason game. Um, and it's not, it's not the club. So anybody complaining that, that the club has anything to do with that. Um, there were actually, I believe every club there, um, you know, agreed to fork up the extra money it would take to have those games streamed and um they still decided not to. So yeah. that's fun. But um Hassani Dotson will get minutes out in California. The good news, Hassani Dotson will get minutes out in California, according to Heath. Um Of course, he went down with the torn ACL last April, missed the entirety of the remainder of last season. Um Timeline has kind of been around March 1st for when Hassani can go full speed and full contact. Um, but he, he did say as well you know lining up with him actually going and getting minutes in, in a competitive environment that timeline is being pushed up and that time timetable seems to be being uh, pushed up as well for Hassani actually being being fully fit and, and ready to go which is obviously a really good sign his versatility is is immense and uh it, it's invaluable to this team. Um, so having him fully fit and ready to go as early as possible is obviously a big plus. Um, I wish we could see how he does out in California, we won't be able to, but obviously, it's something we'll be asking Heath about when we get those nice little media Zoom calls, uh, next week as well. Yeah, absolutely. Just, uh, just on the
1: dots and note, I mean, we talked a little bit already, I think we'll probably be talking more in uh, stoppage time, but talking about the potential need to be a little modular with this team. Yeah. Um, Having somebody like Hassani Dotson, who of course is, is in general a very talented player, but also is quite multi-positional, quite willing to kind of do whatever you, you need, need him to do, having a guy like that around uh, when you're having to make adjustments, I mean, that is a huge asset. So Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I mean, obviously you need to take these things at the right pace. Minnesota United, for example, has had other players maybe that have that not happen, and that's been a problem. Mm. Um, so you do need to make sure you don't rush things. But... Uh, you know, if, if they can have him in a position where he can start to play, at least as a substitute, relatively early in the season, I think that's a that's a huge bonus.
0: 100%. Completely agree. And so the sooner they can get him back, the better. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see what he says about how Dotson looked during the uh, Coachella Valley Invitational, which, again, starts on Saturday for the Loons. Um, that's it for Minnesota United news. When we come back, we'll be talking lower league and community soccer. Tony Sane and the Sane Foundation making news. Uh, You have Spam FC making news as well, and then a pair of Wisconsin teams joining USL League 2 and the USLW League for 2023 as well. All of that coming up next on 10,000 Pitches. Stay tuned. We will get back into the episode in just a quick minute, but uh, of course, you've heard us talk about Pence Holmes numerous times, not only here on the 10,000 Pitches podcast, but also on the Sloon's postgame show during the Minnesota United season as well, and the reason why. We are so grateful for Pence Homes support. Is it so rare to find a local business like Pence Homes who is so committed to helping support? The local Minnesota soccer community. And that's what Nate Pence and his team have really shown, um, especially over these last few years. You know, they're sponsoring Minneapolis City Soccer Club, they're sponsoring Minnesota Aurora FC. Um, Nate Pence is huge into supporting Minnesota United as well, among other local soccer organizations and entities, Soda Soccer included, and 10,000 pitches included. So, If you want to look at a business that's supporting the local soccer community but can also do a damn good job of helping you buy a new home, sell your current home, or do both at the same time, look no further than Nate Pence and the team at Pence Homes. P-E-N-T-Z Homes.com is the website. Go there right now. If you're in or around Minneapolis and St. Paul and you are kind of in that process of thinking about selling your home or buying a new home or doing both, which is super stressful, um, I highly recommend you go to PenceHomes.com and just check out their reviews. Don't take it from me. Take it from the... Hundreds and hundreds of people who have done business with Nate Pence and his team. It's probably thousands of people at this point. But the hundreds of reviews that they have over at PenceHomes.com from people who have actually worked with Nate and worked with the team and have had such a great experience. You can have that experience as well. Homes.com, Or if I have sold you here, just email Nate directly. Nate, N-A-T-E, at penceholmes.com. Huge thanks again to Pence Holmes for supporting Soda Soccer and the 10,000 Pitches Podcast. Let's get back into the show. Welcome back to 10K. Already talked Minnesota United. Now it's time to go down the, uh, down the pyramid a little bit, if you will. Uh, but we're first going to kick off with some community soccer news. This was really cool. So Tuesday night was obviously the State of the Union address, and Tony Sane was a special representative, or was Representative Betsy McCollum's special guest at the address in Washington, D.C., as well. Um, it's the latest of several acknowledgements Sonny and the Sonny Foundation have received, including the Living the Dream Award in January, given to the Foundation by the Minneapolis Parks and Recreation Board. Um, you know, we've talked to Tony on this podcast way, way back. So go way, way back in the archives if you want to check out that interview. But honestly, the work his foundation does here uh, in the community and and even, even outside of the community itself um, is just absolutely incredible and just all the honors that that foundation that tony received are so well deserved um and it's cool that he got that got that recognition and um you know that i'm sure they'll get more and more recognitions in the in the months and years to come and it's all 100 well earned well deserved um yeah just an unbelievable person obviously was an unbelievable soccer player but an unbelievable person and a community member as well and uh you know good on him for for getting that uh getting that acknowledgement that was really cool.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I, 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 don't think anybody needs me to clarify to them that <laughs> that uh, Tony Sané is a is is an incredibly important figure in a lot of different aspects of the game in the United States, mm-hmm. to be perfectly frank. But certainly, certainly, the game up in the in the upper Midwest uh, and particularly in Minnesota, uh, certainly from the the game for uh, the Black community in the United States. I mean mls in general to a certain degree Mm -hmm. uh you know a a guy that's been an important part of of the development of soccer in this country and and continues to do so at at a more local level and of course continues to to be a part of community growth at at a broader level uh here as well so uh yeah certainly deserving of all of that and and looking forward to what i'm sure will be another very eventful accomplished year from from the foundation as well
0: Absolutely. And then uh, another really good piece of community soccer news, BMFC, of course, announcing their annual scholarship. The 2023 version totals $30,000 for students trying to get into college. Um, So if you are sort of one of those individuals who is looking to get into college and soccer has impacted your wife or life, (laughs) soccer has impacted your life in in some special way, shape or form, um, definitely apply to for one of these scholarships. Um, again, $30,000 total in scholarships given out this year by Spam FC and their scholarship foundation. That application opening date is March 1st, and it runs until April 16th. Just go to SpamFC.com um, for more information as this, again, talk about Tony Sané and his and his impact in the community. Um, Spam FC, one of those local lower league clubs that really goes so far out of their way to make sure that kids in their community um, have an opportunity to go to college and and can get some financial, um, you know, help along with that. Um, you know, it's it's been going on for years now, and and we're, we're so proud to kind of have them be friends of our podcast, and I'm sure we'll be talking with them about this in the coming weeks. Um, but what what Van and Corey and the guys at at Spam FC have done with the scholarship foundation is amazing. Yeah, without a doubt, those guys are uh, those guys are helping
1: change lives. There's no other way to to put it that that's often what uh getting over the line to be able to go to college means for a lot of people so mm-hmm. um yeah i mean just just great work and great to see another year of it of it um going and, mm-hmm. and great to see a nice big number like thirty thousand uh attached to it for this year so yeah best of luck uh with them and that project for for 2023 and, and yeah best of luck to
0: anybody that, that is interested in applying and, and being involved with it this year now moving on to the lower league side of things and USL league two and the W league, a few big announcements uh, coming up. Uh, or a few are a couple big announcements. I should say over this last week, since we last recorded uh, Milwaukee Bavarians join USL league two and USL W league for 2023 um, club will also play Chicago house in the first round of the U S open cup on March 22nd. That's at Langhorst field on the campus of Northwestern university in Elmhurst, Illinois, a uh, suburb of Chicago there. And then uh, Wisconsin gets another USL club as RKC Soccer Club. Joins USL League Two and the W leagues as and the W leagues as well. That RK stands for Racine and Kenosha. The club will be representing those areas, and they have a page on their site suggesting they will change their name to something more fun once they have some more fan feedback. So, kind of similar to what Minnesota Aurora did when they launched their you know their club. Uh, it started out as you know Minnesota Women's Soccer, and then eventually they became Minnesota Aurora after a fan vote and fan feedback. So, I'm sure something similar will be happening with RKC Soccer Club. But two additions to USL League 2, two additions to the USLW League, more kind of local, you know, upper Midwestern regional representation in both of those leagues. And the more the more the better. I mean, honestly, especially a team like Bavarians and their their pedigree and the years and years of, of success they've accumulated um, a huge get for both leagues. And it's a huge get for a team like Minneapolis City or Minnesota Aurora on the League Two and women's sides to have an opportunity to play a team like Bavarians. Um, if they are indeed in the Deep North Conference, we don't know. We don't know if that's going to be the case, but we're kind of imagining those matchups, and it sounds pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it will be. Um, well, a couple things to say, but but just on that last note, yeah, it will be really interesting to see what conferences these teams play in. In one for League Two, but also for for the W League, only because uh, in the W League, I wouldn't be surprised if they are in the same conference as say Minnesota Aurora, because you already had Green Bay, for example, being clumped into that group, so that that would yep. make sense. Uh, and that and that's really intriguing. If you have these two joining that mix with with Minnesota, Aurora, Rochester FC as well jumping in there, and of course uh, Green Bay uh, on the on the League Two side, a uh, little less clear in the sense that you know right on across the the lake in Michigan you have quite a few clubs in USL lead Two. So these are these these clubs are in Wisconsin, but they're quite uh, uh, eastward. So it would be interesting to see whether or not they get grouped kind of in that sort of mix. Or if they get grouped with the sort of Minnesota contingent and, and Iowa contingent that's been developing, um, either way, really interesting additions and, and certainly helping uh, continue to grow the game in in Wisconsin. I, I think it's uh, on the RKC notes uh, that's going to be really really interesting to see those communities represented at this level. Uh, you know, racing the hometown of uh, uh, international superstar Jesse Marsh. Uh, yeah. so uh, interesting to see how that all turns out, and and nice to see that they're kind of trying to do some things to get some fan engagement already for Bavarians. Yeah, I mean, this is the latest chapter in uh, oh gosh, what a hundred years of uh, history yeah. that they've got. Um, but uh, but but I think it's a really cool uh, grab for US Elite too. I mean, to get mm-hmm. uh, a club of that history, the reigning amateur cup champions, the club that's going to be in the open cup, albeit with a different potentially different roster, but um. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge grab. You know, all these leagues behind the scenes, you know, there's the elephant in the room, are kind of competing to get great clubs into their into their leagues, and uh, they've done a big one in this case. Uh, I don't know if the if Bavarian still plans to compete in the UPSL, but uh, if they don't, that that move is is a big grab from from League Two, and and mm-hmm. you know, this is a club that, I mean, I can recall years and years ago. There's always been rumors about you know Bavarian will Bavarians ever try and leap up a high, to a higher level, say to the NPSL and kind of intermix with teams in Minnesota and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and what I've always heard was that they, the, the travel was um, not what they were interested in at the time, but yeah, um, it's really interesting to see the club kind of take a, a step in that direction now. And, and yeah, so really looking forward to seeing how gosh, between Minnesota and Wisconsin, we're going to have what, three, four new teams yep. um, in this, in this area, in this level. So, yeah, just really exciting, and and looking forward to seeing what they can
0: do in those those two leagues. Exciting for sure, and uh, you know, obviously, we'll be anxiously awaiting kind of those those conference placement details and just more details as we get closer and closer to the season kicking off. Um, U.S. Open Cup news: No lower league Minnesota clubs have been named to the first round of the Open Cup, though Bavarians, Des Moines Menace, and Cleveland SC will be home will be some of the Midwest main representatives, I should say. Now, there was the uh, the U.S. Open, the unofficial U.S. Open Cup account on Twitter, the one that gives you all the breaking inside news and scoop uh, at U.S. Open Cup on Twitter. Had mentioned that a number of teams actually declined their invitations for the 2023 Open Cup from the fourth division. I don't know what that means for teams like Duluth FC and Med City, but I do know those teams specifically were just a couple wins away in last year's MPSL playoffs to, you know, solidifying a U.S. Open Cup spot. So,, um, keep an eye on that. I'm not breaking any news here that that one of those clubs is gonna be in or not. Um, but the door isn't completely shut, but at the very least we get you know Wisconsin, Iowa, you know, Cleveland SC involved, which which I mean sparks a little bit of that that local interest as well.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I'll say that I don't I don't know much of the specifics of how the potential like uh, refusal of invitation stuff has played out. One, one thing that I will say, um, is interesting to me is is that Cleveland SC didn't win the Midwest mm-hmm. Championship, so yep. uh, that to me suggests that for what one reason or another Muskegon didn't participate. Uh, they would, in theory, be the ones that would have earned that spot. Uh, yep. So yeah, there, there there's there's some interesting asterisks there. Um, we'll see if, if anything more comes of that, but but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's too bad that Minnesota isn't particularly being represented this year. That being said, uh, certainly some some fun stories in neighboring states, and uh, and hopefully between uh, the MPSL and USL Two and the UPSL and, and amateur teams, and next year's qualification path. Hopefully, we'll have some some of that to talk about for twenty twenty four, but. Yeah, it's a it, it's a bummer in the sense that I would have loved to go to say a a Med City game if, if they mm-hmm. had managed to get a uh, opening round game, but is uh, what it is, mm-hmm. and uh, best of luck to to
0: these sort of neighboring representatives that the Midwest will have. And then some WPSL news: the Women's Premier Soccer League we will kick it off with Jenny Vetter, the Mankato native. He's pl- she's played for Mankato East High School, Minnesota State Mankato, and Mankato United in the WPSL. She's actually taking part. And the Houston Dash's preseason camp. Um, she had previously declared for the 2023 NWSL draft, uh, but she will be in preseason camp as a trialist with uh Houston Dash. Um, big opportunity for her for uh you know a, a local player. To, to get up into the NWSL because correct me if I'm wrong, I do not believe we have any Minnesotans uh, represented in the NWSL at this point. So um, that would be a really cool feather in the cap for the state with so many great women's soccer players who are doing great things. You know, a handful of them are doing things abroad, um, you know, or in college or, or playing in the pre-professional ranks here domestically as well to kind of get that first one that first domestic pro playing in the nwsl would be a would be a very very cool accomplishment so best of luck to her but in any case uh all of that withstanding um just a, a cool opportunity for her to get that opportunity to be in the dash camp and something even if she's not selected to the team i'm sure an experience that's going to be invaluable for her yeah for sure
1: uh as far as overall, I, I'm not sure Minnesotan-wise. I know that several Minnesotans declared for the draft, um, mm. the NWSL draft this year, and unfortunately did not get picked. So it's great to see that some of them are, you know, unfortunately that's just the reality of how that works. But the good news mm. is that sometimes people don't get picked in the draft and then they still are able to get their way into a team. Uh, and, and so it, it's it's great to see. Uh, that, that she's you know making the most of that opportunity in camp with them and hopefully that something comes of that and, and that's a great uh great endorsement of of you know the the experience and, and talent that she's been able to to gather and develop uh you know playing for Mankato East playing for um Mankato United in the WPSL uh, and of course playing uh, college as well for the Mavericks so um yeah uh, best of luck to her in camp and
0: hopefully she can uh use this as a big step forward to becoming a pro. Yeah, all the best to her as she uh, she takes on that challenge. Um, speaking of the WPSL, though, they have announced their intentions to launch a professional third division women's soccer league as soon as 2025. Now, Minnesota does have eight active members in the WPSL right now, um, and the, the Dakotas each have one. Um, you know, equal time soccer is going to be the outlet that has all the latest coverage and information, and we'll kind of be right there anytime a new piece of info breaks. We'll do our best at soda soccer as well, but make sure you keep an eye on equal time soccer at equal time soccer on Twitter and as well as protagonist soccer as well. Um, you know, sizable articles or a sizable article on protagonists already out about this, but those will kind of be your main hubs for more updates on this. And obviously, if, if Minnesota um, is represented. And uh, in this new third division league with one of its current teams, or maybe a new team comes in and and joins the fray, obviously we'll be there to cover that as well. But um, the professional opportunities for women uh, here, um, you know, in terms of leagues and and potential teams and stuff continues to grow. Of course, we just mentioned in WSL, the USL Super League is on the way. And now WPSL, you know, announcing their intentions to launch another professional league. Um, We're kind of in the middle of that, that women's soccer boom here at Dom, and it's really cool to see kind of unfold before our eyes. Yeah, this is a really
1: interesting news in the sense that I did not see it coming. <laughs> um, yeah. Same. But, um, but you know, it, it, it certainly – there's a couple things to say here. One is that I think it would be great for the, the the women's soccer pyramid in the United States to develop enough to the point where you can have three tiers of, of professional soccer, more or less, yeah. uh, the way it is for men here right now. I think that'd be wonderful. I think the fact that for so long, it's been literally one level has been uh, uh, really unfortunate. Um, I, I do hope for the the WPSL uh, that this is a process that they manage well yep. um, in the sense that we have seen, uh, admittedly on the men's side, different people, but um, we have seen leads of similar origin try to make this jump, cough, cough, NPSL pro, yeah uh and uh have it not work if that didn't work out uh and so um to a certain degree nisa was kind of born out of that but um so it will be interesting to see how the, how they approach it there's there's a lot of good people you know working on this project so I, I certainly would hope that it would go well um as far as you know one thing i thought was interesting was this news came out but of course when you see that it's the first thing that came to mind to me is it's not necessarily clear how many teams will be involved in this jump. Yeah. Um, you know, for example, like when the NPSL did, it, it was like, you know, 10 teams out of a hundred. Um, one thing that that stood out to me was I actually did see a couple of the Minnesota-based teams make kind of some tweets here and there. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to say Mancato United made uh, some comments kind of like, hey, this is big news. Um, I When I tweeted out about this, I mentioned that it was unclear to me which, if any, of the Minnesota teams or neighboring teams would be in a position to take part in this yep. in 2025. And the and Joe DeMay, who is the sporting director of Sioux Falls City, responded to that with a raised hand emoji. Mm, nice. <laughs> so, um, so there's there are some teams in the area implying that they are wanting to be part of this yep. Uh And so that will be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but, hey, I mean, if they can get this to work, I think that's a huge boost to the women's game here, providing uh, a a wider berth of sort of entry-level opportunities for people. Um, And like you said, of course, pairing that with the addition of the Super League above them. uh, I think that could result in in a really cool um, space developing, but we'll have to see how that plays out.
0: Yeah, and of course, I'm sure more news on, on which, if any, Minnesota or Dakota's teams will be involved coming up. Do teams from Wisconsin sort of make the jump or uh, or get involved? You know, that that all is to be determined. But we'll have you covered here on 10,000 Pitches and, of course, at sodasoccer.com. Okay, it's top four time, Tom. Let's, uh, let's jump in, talk some non-Minnesota soccer news, but still might be relevant to our audience that they may want to hear about. Um, And I'm going to go ahead and kick us off. MLS confirming uh, their Spanish language broadcasters for the 2023 season on Apple TV. And also confirming that broadcast will be available in French as well. Um, And just, I mean, the list of Spanish language broadcasters from just from my kind of eye test was almost just as long as the the list of English language broad broadcasters. So there seems to be some significant investment in the Spanish language portion of this, which is crucial um, if they're going to own the rights to both of those, obviously. Um, and then having that French language is, is cool in there too, because obviously you have a team. We, we, we spoke off air and you, you, you know, reminded me of this off the air, Dom, that you have CF Montreal there too uh, with a lot of French speaking fans who would want to view those broadcasts in french so um, sure. you know in addition to french speaking people all around the U- u.s as well who might be into soccer so um yeah just uh, just i mean making it more accessible to as many people as humanly possible behind a paywall is i think a good a good option when you have a paywall um and uh it seems like they're they're taking those steps um but time will only tell how the quality of this looks but at least from the surface from the announcements and the people they brought in looks at it's, it's, the broadcasts in any language are going to be top tier for 2023.
1: Yeah. Uh I, I think it's, it's it's great to make sure that you're covering those um those markets uh yeah. of interest because there are uh, believe it or not, lots of people in the United States that like soccer that happen to speak Spanish or French. Um, yeah. And same and same goes with Canada. So uh very relevant and, and and certainly important. So glad that they're they're covering that ground. Um my my first top four is going to be uh, a quick shout out to uh, to Jesse Marsh Racing Zone, um, mm-hmm. who you know of course was 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 sacked this last week uh, following uh, from from Leeds United following their loss to Nottingham Forest mm-hmm. about a week ago now as as we record, uh, and the people had a lot of different opinions about that. Uh, some were very happy, some were not happy. Um, Obviously, Leeds then went on to to draw Manchester United a, a couple of days later 2-2. At one point, up to 0 Yep. Um, Chris Armas on the sideline for that one. Yeah. Um, who ironically had just joined the team to be Jesse Marsh's
0: H- assistant. Hired by Marsh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, hand-pits replacement, really. Um, yep. And And I just want to – I guess what I want to say is, like, I know that there were some fair criticisms of, of how the team played with him. I think that it was very strange for Leeds United to invest in the market the way they did, based on his counsel, yep. only to fire him a couple days, like what, a week or two later. Yep. You, I mean, you had players against Forrest literally making their debut for Leeds. Correct. Um, and, and so it just it seemed a bit of a strange decision. The fact that they were able to really put up with. Um, Manchester United a couple of days later, to me, also reflects like, gosh, maybe, I mean, couldn't you have at least just given him that one more game to see what yeah. happens? I mean, you, that's a game you're probably not going to win anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like he might have been a little hard done there. That being said, he's he's free now. I know there's a lot of discussion about him with the U.S. men's national team and with other you know other clubs in other parts of the world, that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, I, I wish him the best of luck with finding his next home. And I I do think he was a little hard done, um, with his firing, but that, that's the nature of the job. So anyways,
0: a shout out to a now free Jesse Marsh. Yes. I mean, he, you know, he had such success at Salzburg. I mean, really made it, made a no brainer for Red Bull to try to give him that Leipzig spot, um, that obviously didn't go well Sacked within a year of being hired. Same thing now here with Leeds. Um, it'll be interesting to see what his next move is. If he stays out in Europe, or if he does indeed become, you know, a, a U.S. men's national team head coach, uh, Jim Curtin was kind of uh, quoted the other day on a podcast saying that he would, um, you know, be he would be open to taking the U.S. job, obviously, and he would even be open to being a, an assistant on the U.S. staff. So, would you have some sort of situation where it's Marsh and Jim Curtin? Kind of, you know, a duo, maybe Curtin's officially the assistant, but having, you know, and, and what does that mean for the U.S. national team? Again, purely all, all speculation. But, um, yeah, definitely makes him a, an immediate sort of uh, odds-on favorite in the public's mind uh, to get that role. So we'll see what his next move is. But, yeah, I agree with you. I thought it was very, very, for, for how active they were in the transfer window, one of the more active teams in terms of moves made. Now, obviously not money spent, but moves made uh, in the transfer window. To give him one game, with a bunch of players making their debut. After that, and then firing him, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I guess best of luck to Chris Armas taking over that that role. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Leeds the rest of the way here, with about three months left in the Premier League season. Um, speaking of Premier League head coaches, Sean Dyche is my savior, Dom. He is the savior. Um, if if they find a way to stay up. I don't care if he doesn't coach another game after that. They need to build a statue in front of the new stadium. They have to, uh, because I mean, the the game against Arsenal was exactly the kind of soccer you play when you're desperate for a result. They it was it was muddy. It was they they were animals defensively, so defensively solid, uh, solid and sound. Um, and that's how you got to play the rest of the way. They were not playing that way under the previous management um you know I, I've watched some videos some tactical videos about Sean Dyche and his style and I think it's it, it's tailor-made for keeping the team um out of relegation and hopefully that can continue and hopefully the results continue but uh one game in obviously the optimistic the optimism is is a plenty with me right now hopefully my heart doesn't doesn't break in the next few months
1: <laughs> yeah I think I mean I think you're in good hands I, I, I'm i a big Sean Dyche fan I, I think yeah. that uh even though people do give him some applause for it, I, I think that he, he's really underrated for what he was able to accomplish with Burnley. Yep. And um, I, I'm glad to see him, after a bit of a break, um, have a chance to, to to come back into the game, come back to the Premier League. And uh, yeah, I think he gives you a, a genuine chance of, of surviving. So, so we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Personally, it would be great if um, that chance of surviving simmers
0: down a little bit this next week when you play Liverpool. But you know, whatever, we'll see what happens. I see, I see the hat you're wearing, Dom. For those <laughs> watching the or those listening to the audio, Dom is has the has the gall to wear a Liverpool hat uh, during this recording. So you know, you know, we'll see what happens with Side this weekend. Uh, the Reds aren't exactly uh, top tier right now or top notch right true. now with their form. So maybe this is an opportunity for Everton to to get one back. But we, we shall see. All right, Dom, hit us with your final top four.
1: Yeah, my my final one. This is a bit of a of a, of a workaround one, but I, I it's a it's a it's a shout out and a and a very mild apology because there there is a team that I really should have been bringing up that I haven't brought up yet um, at all, which is and, and part of it is because the their big news really came in just the middle of of the off season. So there's a team mm-hmm. called Worthington Community FC. That is uh, based in uh, Southwest Minnesota, Worthington, Minnesota. It's, it's, it's really down there in that, in that Southwest corner. I mean, they're closer to, to Iowa and South Dakota than they are to the Metro. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, they, gosh, I want to say in September, 2022, they were announced as members of the Mm UPSL. Now, Uh, at the time that was news, I think we might've just missed talking about it out of raw, missing it. And then from there, you know, sometimes teams to, to, to unveil the current a little bit, there have been teams in Minnesota that have announced as being part of the UPSL before and then they end up not being part of the UPSL. So, so, you know, when, when you have uh, an announcement that early in the year or that early in like the off season, you kind of wait and see what happens with it, um, and and uh, frankly, I waited too long. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but they but they're getting into gear. I believe they've had some tryouts. I mean, they you know they got the website, they got have sponsors, they got all this stuff. They're they're doing their thing. Um. So I I, I just want to sort of give them a moment on here. It's not news because it happened a while ago. But yeah, I want to give them a moment on here to say hey. Uh, I you know plan on giving giving some some coverage their way soon and and trying to get in contact with some people. But I wanted to let people know. There's a lot of moves going on the EPSO right now in this whole area. Obviously we talked about Superior City a while back. Um, yep. There might, you know, might be some teams coming in. There might be some teams leaving. That's some of those details are unclear still, but Worthington Community FC got a cool badge that a, a really, it has like a bowl and some nice red, black, and yellow coloring. Um, you can find them on all the social media. Um, they are in the mix and, and we'll, we'll be sure to make sure that we, uh, let people know as as their story sort of continues to develop and all that. But So just wanted to give them a shout out because unfortunately I a little bit missed on, on doing it
0: on a more appropriate time. And you know, there's, there's just so much, we talk about all the time. There's just so much of this stuff to cover that sometimes things fall through the cracks. That's so uh, apologies to Worthington Community FC, wishing you all the best in the UPSL season this summer. And obviously we will be, uh, we'll be covering that. Um, As the season goes on and covering Worthington community very closely as we ramp up to that 2023 season as well. All right, that'll do it for 10,000 pitches this week. Big thanks to Pence Holmes and Stimulus Athletic, our esteemed sponsors. We really appreciate it. Could, literally cannot do this without your support. Big thanks to everybody who's checking us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash SodaSoccer. One of the things you can check out on Patreon is 10K Stoppage Time, a weekly bonus podcast. And this week, Dom and I are breaking down the lineup scenarios that Minnesota United can find themselves in without Emmanuel Reynoso. What might be the best formation? Who fits where? um we will you know what what can they do what can't they do at 2023 without ray formation wise we will kind of nail down all of that and touch on all that on this week's episode of 10k stoppage time so make sure you're checking us out there also if you haven't subscribed to the loons daily newsletter daily minnesota united content right there in your email inbox every single morning uh monday through friday you can hit that subscribe button in the show notes below stoppage time over on patreon so head there if you want more jeremy and dom if not no worries. We don't take it personal. We'll catch you next week on Ten Thousand Pitches. See you.